Yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into Careless Whispers on CLNS Media. Sorry for the little bit of delay here. Random Wednesday night in December, our first show in December. My name is Matt Rury. Calvin Chamberlain, did you know it was Johnny Resnick's birthday yesterday? No, I did not. In fact, I didn't even know that Johnny Resnick was the lead singer of the Cuckoo Dolls until right there. Now you know, and if our old friend Liz Farola is listening out there, I'm sure she's celebrating Johnny Resnick's birthday even today because she just loves them so much. Um, that's not where we start tonight, though. Calvin, did you know there's a Celtics game going on right now? Maria, I, had, I had no idea. I hope I'm not scheduled for it. <laughs> um, I, be I can confirm that for you in a minute, but uh, I don't think you are. Um that's not where we lead off either, though. I'll throw the phone number out there real quick. 323-642-1484. If anybody feels like calling in tonight, 
Sam from San Diego was certainly going to call last night to talk about uh, the, the Lakers 2018 draft pick. So we'll see if he calls in, but if we can avoid that topic, I'd be happy to. Um, Too early to have that conversation. Yes, I agree. We are going to skip a Celtics topic, though. We're not going to try and go up against the Celtics game, and we weren't going to try and do that last night either. So for the first time in a long time, no Celtics talk around here unless somebody else brings it. Um, We do start sort of with the NBA, though. Uh. And I mean, I say sort of with the NBA because yeah. this, this person that we're going to start with is not, not exactly affiliated with the NBA. And actually, the NBA and the Lakers are trying to get as far away from him as possible, and that is LeVar Ball, of course. We're not even going to talk about Lonzo so much, even though his free throw percentage is horrible. And he still has proven that he can't shoot. In, uh, shoot a lick, so he needs to do a lot of other things to stick in this league. We'll see if it happens. That's not the topic tonight either. I thought we were talking about him. You need to snuck in some well, talk about him. I don't appreciate that. I, really. I, I wanted I, I wanted to sneak in some some bad mouthing of uh, Lonzo's shooting, but that's about it. I mean, this this is more about Levar Ball tonight <laughs> where we start. Uh, so I don't know if you want to sort of remind everybody what's been going on with him over the past week or or, or two or even longer at this point. Um, but uh, he's just he's, – he's, he's being shut out by the Lakers media, basically. And the Lakers have, have put their foot down with LeVar Ball for many reasons. Well, there are two separate LeVar Ball stories. One is related to the Lakers and the other is related to UCLA. And I kind of want to get into both of them, if you don't mind. I don't know how much you know about the UCLA thing. No, nope, uh, I know them both. Okay. Well, well, I guess since you started with the Lakers, yeah, let's just start there, too. The Lakers have decided to institute a LeVar, what they're calling the LeVar Ball Ball Rule, which apparently has already previously existed but was never enforced, in which that anyone who's a guest of the team, uh, usually that involves uh, you know family members or wives or friends, anyone who's you know sitting in the guest section is now no longer allowed to speak to the media. The Lakers are uh, are enforcing this rule. I mean, clearly, specifically because of uh, LeVar Ball, because nobody else connected to the Lakers really, uh, in terms of you know wives and girlfriends. The Lakers don't really have their their Anna Horford. You know, they just have LeVar Ball. And be, beyond that, it was like never an issue before. Sure. If somebody just like said something to the media, but clearly, like LeVar Ball is, you know, talking to guys uh, all the time, and the Lakers are getting tired of it. And more more importantly, LeVar is being critical of the Lakers. He said that they didn't know how to uh, coach his son. Interestingly, interestingly enough, uh, LeVar has said that the Lakers are too soft on Lonzo Ball, like that they need they need to be more, uh, more strict with him, which is not what you would you know expect from a typical sports dad. So I'm kind of fascinated by that element of it. But, yeah, beyond that, the, the Lakers just don't want to hear LeVar Ball, you know, getting uh, free admission to Staples Center and then following it up by, you know, bad-mapping the team and the coaching staff or seeming like he speaks for anybody other than himself. So they've decided to in, enforce this previously uh, standing ban on play on, on guys talking. And, Rory, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm it. just I'm going to do you. Because here's my thought. I, I think it's kind of dumb. I think it's kind of dumb. In, in Listen, the, I only think it's great because I'd love, I'd love anything to get this guy to, to shut up and to sort of take the spotlight away from him. So if the Lakers are, try, are trying to get 
their media members to focus on uh, the players themselves and the team, then that, that more power to them. I love it. As far as anybody else is concerned, I, I, I feel like anybody outside of that little Lakers media circle should take this opportunity to call LeVar Ball and try and make some money off of him because on the other side of things, you still – it, it, this may blow him up even further. So I, I may be contradicting. I may get something contradict, contradictory towards uh, what I want in, in, in that uh, him getting the spotlight taken away. Maybe this will actually blow up in other places now and he'll, he'll be around more. You just won't hear from him through official Lakers sources. Well, Reed, this is why I think it's dumb because it's, it's not going to stop LeVar Ball from talking. ESPN has oh, a number. Not. He can, he can go on with Stephen A. Smith anytime he wants. He can go, look, he can, if, if LeVar Ball is at Staples Center and he walks outside and makes a telephone call or he tells, you know, Lakers media members to come meet him, you know, 20 feet outside the Staples Center, they're, they're going to leave the press room, walk out to Staples Center and get an interview with LeVar Ball. So, to, to my mind, look, I'm not saying that they're not right in wanting to curb, uh, you know, LeVar Ball's tendencies, and I, I, I even, as somebody who has, has, you know, historically, if you want to use that word, been somewhat of a LeVar Ball supporter, even I'm getting sick of him at this point, sick of his, like, his, his, he doesn't need to talk all the time, and, like, I don't need his constant opinions on what's going on with the Lakers, especially because, you know, not even because Lonzo's struggling, just because it's just, I don't need, I don't need it anymore, I got it, I, he's on the Lakers now, like, just get over it. Be like, deal with your your other things. But as far as like him talking to you know about Trump and all those other things, I'm still entertained by those things. I just don't see what the this Lakers stuff like him him coach, like talking about Luke Walton and not knowing how to coach his son. I don't get what the what the value in is it other than you know getting more attention to him. But regardless of all of that though, I still think the Lakers move is dumb because again. You're not stopping him from talking to the media. You're not even slowing him down, really. But all you're doing is causing more attention to the fact that you don't want him to talk to the media. And so, of yeah. course, people are going to be going to, to LeVar Ball to see what he thinks. You he was, know, he happens, was literally on, like, uh, on a, a prominent national morning show the next morning. I, I don't remember which yeah. one it was, but whether it was Good Morning America or Today or what have you. Like He was on the show the very next morning. Yeah. If Lonzo gets benched or something, what do you think is going to happen? They're going, they're going to go right to Lamar hmm. immediately. Like anything, anything that happens, it doesn't even have to be Lonzo. It's outrageous. I feel like anything Lakers. I just, oh, yeah. man, I, it's, I, I hate it. It's, it's, it's just a terrible obsession that the media has with this guy, and he's sort of built it up himself. And it, I feel like it's just a, a big hype train, and. I, I just I get so frustrated by it because it's so stupid. So I just ignore it as much as possible. I don't even listen to what LeVar Ball has to say. I just sort of see the headlines and assume that he sounds like an idiot. But don't you think the Lakers are feeding it with this stuff? Like, what is what is this really accomplishing? That's really Could why be. I'm critical. Could be. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't see the value in it. I I mean they're trying to make a point to Le- LeVar, but I don't think he's going to take that point. You know. If, if, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get what they're getting out of this at all. But kudos to them, I guess. Now, I mean, I just, this- I, I just think it's, it's something like, hey, listen, we don't want this guy talking around around here. And uh, some of their beat reporters may take that to heart and not 
do stories with him anymore and go to Lonzo instead or something like that. And if it works that way, then then that's fine. They're controlling their own organization, but obviously they're not going to be able to control outside media sources. So that's where it, it could blow up and, and uh, he could still be not- prominent in the news, but you know what? They don't even, they don't even have to acknowledge that stuff because it's not their in house sources. It's not their reporters. It's not their affiliated uh, people that with whatever network they're with, uh, they can just not even acknowledge it and say, we're, we're not going to comment on, on outside sources or something ridiculous like that. So they're, they're basically just setting themselves up to be able to ignore LeVar Ball. And if that's what they want to do, then I love it. I think it's great. I want to be able to ignore LeVar Ball. Well, you know how boring Lonzo Ball is? There's no chance that they would stop going to LeVar and start going to Lonzo for quotes just because the Lakers uh, say they, they're not, he's not allowed to be interviewed. They're going to find LeVar Ball because he's LeVar Ball and he's, he gives great quotes. And, by the way, they they also know it, it's like Lavar is an institution at this point. Like they know that people want Lavar Ball's reaction to things, regardless if you do. Like he clearly like is going to say something outrageous. Like why would you go to Lonzo who's not going to really going to say anything outrageous when you get a quote that's you know going to sell your whatever your your internet? I was going to say your newspaper, but maybe your internet. You know. What was Lavar Ball doing before? Lonzo burst onto the scene as a basketball player. That's what I want to know. I think he's. I know he's an AAU basketball coach or something. So uh, I don't know if like that was just recreationally or he's getting paid for that. I don't know. Good question. Uh, Wikipedia allegations of racism, allegations of sexism, parenting style, personal life. But none of this stuff is dated before like 2017. This guy, this guy was a was a nobody basically until his son blew up, and then he he just started talking trash again. Ray, that's what happened. I was a nobody before Kayla's was fifteen. You know? So well, please. So Levar Ball was in the NFL um, uh, in 1995. Huh. Wow, that's uh, but he, wait, this is crazy. He was, <laughs> according to Wikipedia, I, I don't know why I've never looked this guy up before, but the, he was he was in the NFL. He signed with the New York Jets uh, in 1994. He was a defensive end, and he didn't play in '94 and came back to the Jets in '95, but was immediately loaned to the London Monarchs of the world league of American football. And he never played an actual game in the NFL. He was on the practice squad for the jets again at one point in the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but uh, he, he had 28 yards in kick returns for the world league of American football team, the London Monarchs. So that's what LeVar ball was doing back in 1995, 20 years later, his son is a good basketball player good enough to make the NBA and he is, tr- is trying to steal the spotlight from him. Uh, this, this actually makes the guy even more terrible just because listen, you had a, you had no career. You had, you had no professional sports career and now you're trying to live vicariously, vicariously through your son. Let your son live, the, live the career. This is what I've always said about the guy. Don't, don't, you don't need to put this, this pressure on your son and bring all this outside noise, just bask in it from afar and, 
let him be a, an NBA star, an NBA player. And I think he would have a better chance at growing in the NBA without all this other stuff going on and having to worry about people asking him about his father or, or, or anything like that. I just, I feel like LeVar Ball has made too much noise and he's, he's doing it for selfish reasons, in my opinion. I don't know the guy, obviously, so I shouldn't be speculating on that. But from from looking at it from the outside, that's that's what it appears to be to me. I don't know that I, I don't. I mean, I kind of I I see where you're coming from. I don't know if I completely agree. Uh, Some would agree. And regardless, let's get to the UCLA part. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so. Uh, you know, we all know about this LiAngelo Ball uh, a shoplifting situation over in China. Uh, and since that time, uh, he was he and two of the two other players were uh, suspended by the team. Um, there was no update in status in regards to that. They they have just like still been on suspension. They haven't figured out like what they're going to do yet. It hasn't come out. And Lavar Ball just got tired of waiting. And decided to pull Lamelo out. Oh, sorry, Leangelo out of UCLA. Confusing names. Out of UCLA to quote, you know, prepare him for the NBA draft. He's tired of waiting. Right. He says that this, uh, this that kid is not going Lamello, to the NBA, Calvin. Leangelo is not going to the NBA. I'm sorry, he's not. Yeah, it's, it's funny not that you say that because it's funny that you say that because yeah, people agree with you. He's not projected uh, to go in the NBA, uh, go to the NBA. He was not projected to be a starter at UCLA. People, people uh, are very questionable of you know how many minutes he would have gotten anyway, even if he hadn't been suspended. So in a way, I sort of think this. I sort of think it's the, the shoplifting incident and like the the end result is a weird, weirdly good for the balls because. Like now he doesn't have to. He sort of saves saves the face of like a guy who was probably going to be on the bench anyway, and that, I think that's sort of worse for the ball brand. Him not getting minutes or him being on the bench than hey, like we're we're rebels and now I'm I'm the one who's choosing to leave UCLA. You know what I mean? There's like a yep. a political element to it that like sure it's, it's kind of interesting. It, it, it allows him to like look a little bit better than he might have otherwise. What do you what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's it's it's the old uh, I'm going out on my terms, not on yours. I, every sports figure wants to win a championship and then ride off into the sunset, right? And and leave when they when they want or I mean, I don't know, I guess not everyone. Vince Carter and is still playing for Sacramento and uh, directing traffic out on the court. Um so it doesn't happen for everyone like that, but that that's the ideal situation, right? So maybe that's what LeVar Ball is doing. Is he's going out on his own terms and he Maybe he really believes that his son can make the NBA or at least the, D, the G League, I should say. Uh, but by all accounts, he, he did not even belong, like you said, on, on the UCLA roster for the most part. So I would be, I would be shocked if, if he makes the NBA. I, I would not be shocked if a team drafted him, to be honest with you. I would, if somebody took a flyer on him in the second round just to take a look, uh, I, I would not be surprised. But if he got an actual NBA contract, a guaranteed NBA contract out of that draft pick, then I would be shocked because I just don't think that he would be able to make a team. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. It, it doesn't matter. The point is, this guy is, again, LeVar Ball trying to, to do 
something to make himself look better, I think. I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't understand why you would just give up a free – I mean, he, basically, uh, LiAngelo had a, had a uh, scholarship to UCLA. He got, basically had a free ride, free education because of this deal that was signed for all three of the kids, right? Yeah. So, so you're you're giving up a free education for your son? I just it it does it strikes me as as a uh, a bad move, especially with all the prognostication saying that he he won't even sniff the NBA. I don't know. It just seems dumb. Yeah. It- I agree with you, but I, I I don't think the education matters to him in in, in this case. What's really interesting to me is that he still wants uh, Lamelo, who is who is like uh, you know a high recruit, high level recruit. I think he's like sixth or seventh in the country right now, and does like have a more interesting body type in terms of like uh, you know well, future NBA prospects. And, and UCLA seems to be taking the tact of like, no, you know what? I think we're just done with the Paul family. Yep, that's good by me yeah. too. I like that because that's that's more of the same. He's just trying to get what he wants. He's trying to get everything to be his way. You can't have it all. And I, I just, I don't know. It, it's it. It seems like it. That he doesn't care about the education. Fine, but I mean that's that. Isn't that the point though? If, if he really believes that Leangelo is going to make the NBA, then fine. I, I guess I understand why you would pull him out. But if if you are realistic and realize that he is probably not going to be able to make it to the NBA, then wouldn't you want him to get that education? Or would you just assume that he he could be able to go anywhere else because you have the money now, because you're a big baller, that you can just pay any other school to take him as far as the education is concerned? I don't know. I don't know what's going through his head on that part. If he really doesn't care about it, then that to me is is a little bit short-sighted. But neither here nor there. The the whole not, UCLA not taking his other son thing that's fine with me. I think that's great. They they would love to ignore this guy as well. And if he's been a headache about Lonzo and he's been a headache about Leangelo, what do you think he's going to do about the third kid? What do you think he's going to do about Lamelo? He's going to be a headache again, and they just don't want to deal with it anymore. Good, good riddance, good riddance. I'm with UCLA I mean, on this one. I mean, they made it to the Sweet Sixteen with Lasso and, and saved Steve Alford's job. So like they should like the, the notion that it was like all bad for him. Alfred was gonna get fired. He's on his way out. Lonzo, that that was the exact same team that added Lonzo and, and went from you know a team that lost twenty games to a team that was like number one at one point in last season of, of last season. So I don't know that I would like call it a complete disaster, but I I will say that the way the way it's going right now, first of all, like yeah, you I like the the um. You know, uncertain suspension of uh, of all three of those players. I, look, they caused a major international incident by being knuckleheads. So I I think that yeah, they sh- they should you know have an un- unknown suspension hanging over their heads. Deal with it. So I am sure. with them there. I get. I even get why they're they're tired of this ball thing. It's just one thing after another. Uh, but I oh my I god, he's insufferable. That, I I I wouldn't want anything to do with him if I was yeah. a, a president but, or an AD. But but out but that all that being said, Alfred, you're not Coach K. You should probably just consider sucking it up because I, I do feel like Lamelo is going to be good, and he might save your job again. Hmm. I don't know. 
we'll see about that. Have you seen some of the videos of him just chucking shots and, and not, I mean, not, he doesn't look like a very good basketball player to me. He looks like he's just a chucker. <laughs> All right. Well, it's like his brother. Look, anyway. I'm, I mean, to be fair, his brother's the opposite of a chucker. He's a non-chucker. Well, I I just mean in in the form of the shots. This kid's a chucker and he shoots like his brother, so that's not gonna that's not not gonna fly. His brother was an awesome shooter in college, though. So if if okay. if, if, we'll if he shoots as well as his brother did in college, then that would be awesome for him. I don't know. I just case, I've seen very few clips of of Lamelo, and it just doesn't it doesn't look it didn't look good. But maybe it was he was just being portrayed in a bad light. Who knows? I don't like to uh, be high school evaluation guy. Yeah, because I don't want to know. And two, it's like, even if, even if I thought hey, I didn't know, do I, do I really know if, like, a 16-year-old is good at basketball or not? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, I don't, sure, in the NBA, idea. yeah. I guess not. Yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. In any case, Ray, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Thunder. And I'll, I'll grant you that the Thunder have won three in a row. So they're 11 and 12. They were eight and twelve. This conversation might have been a little bit more interesting then, but it's still pretty interesting. I feel like, right? Yeah. They're not. They're definitely. Not, they're not out of the woods or a team that you would describe as good, right? Um, no, they. Right I mean, they're five. They're five hundred. They don't look like they have really improved. They, I mean, they look horrible, actually. In in on some nights, not every night, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean. They're still. I think those three superstars are still trying to figure things out down there, and it, I thought it was going to happen a lot quicker than, than this. And I'm not sure um, what's going on as far as coaching is concerned, but that's what I'm going to point to. And, and I feel like it's difficult to throw superstars together when you don't have a decent coach. Uh, oh, and, look at you! I mean, it's you, it's uh, all on Donovan. I mean, listen, I, I didn't really like the hire in the first place. I, I'm not a huge fan uh, of the college to NBA jump immediately. Obviously, it worked out for Brad Stevens. At the time, I was a little skeptical when, it was, when he was hired. I didn't know anything about the guy. So I reserved my, uh, my opinions for, for a little while, and I didn't really make judgment on Stevens because I really didn't know much about him. But I've seen Billy Donovan coach for many, many years now. And I just – usually guys don't make the jump from college to the NBA uh, like Brad Stevens has done. Patino couldn't do it twice. Um, that's, that's the one name that's, I, that is on my mind right now. I can't even think of another one. I had some lists. I had some I thought of earlier, and now they've all slipped my mind. The point is – Steven seems reason, to be I'm an anomaly. Of, uh, Tim Floyd, was that his name? Oh, yep, Floyd. He, he coached the Bulls for a little yep. bit. Um, or Infant Hoiberg, by the way, if you want to talk to anybody about that. Someone just, yeah, Hoiberg. Someone just went back to college, who was it? Anyway, I maybe I can come up with a list or something, but now I'm not, now I'm not sounding as credible. But the point is... Um, Brad Stevens doesn't even have superstars, right? I mean, now he does. He has Kyrie Irving, and he's, and he's got all-stars and Hayward and Horford. But previous to this, he didn't really have superstars. So 
uh, my point is a guy like Billy Donovan coming in from college, I'm not sure if Russell Westbrook really looks at him and says, okay, this guy's a good NBA coach uh, and other superstars, Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, maybe they don't look at him as a good NBA coach. Um, just because they've been around for so long and they're superstars and they, they look at the game differently. Whereas a guy like Brad Stevens comes in and he's got a, a good solid roster of players uh, in the last few years. And he's had the ability to start with a, a roster that wasn't very good and build up trust among his players and build a reputation. Whereas a guy like Billy Donovan just gets thrown into the fire and it really hasn't panned out all too well for him. So I'm thinking that uh, coaches and sorry to, to go one step further and tie the Celtics back into this, not to say this guy's an amazing coach and, and he obviously hasn't handled the Clippers very well, but doc rivers was an established veteran coach and had established veteran players and won a championship because I, I think that they respected him and, and they kept a guy like Rondo in line. I, my whole big point here is that Billy Donovan, I don't think has earned that respect among players in the NBA yet. And that's why it's, it might be a little bit more difficult to get guys to get on the same page as each other. And that's, that's part of the reason I think coaching is, is much more important than anyone gives it, it than not anyone, but a lot of people give it credit for uh, when talking about the NBA. I think it's very important. And that's why I think franchises that have the elite coaches in the league, like Greg Popovich, and there's only, He's probably the only elite coach. There are some prominent, very good coaches out there as well. Those organizations stay somewhat contending pretty much year in, year out. So that's why I like what the Celtics have done with Stevens. And um, I'm going to point to that as far as Oklahoma City is concerned. I, I bet you're going in a different direction, though. I am going in a different direction, but now we're so far down the line with this coach time. I feel like well, first of all, I feel like Stevens is elite. I feel like there are some other elite coaches. Rick Carlisle's elite. I can think of some elite coaches. Doc Rivers, I'm not a fan of as a coach. I was not a fan of his as a coach in Boston. Uh, I was critical of him all the time, if you remember correctly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even when the Celtics were winning. Uh, yeah, but in, in any case, yeah, I I don't necessarily, I don't think it's Billy Donovan's fault. I don't really think that's. I mean. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't want to put all the blame all on Billy Donovan. I'm. Just, it's more of a, a superstar player, established player versus young-ish type of coach dynamic. It's just interesting to me again that, like, I, like I said before, he was fired. It was always Scott Brooks' fault, right? Why, why the Oklahoma City Thunder couldn't play right? Uh, like, why couldn't Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant play together? Well, look at their look at look at the play calling. It's it's all on Scott Brooks. Scott Brooks gets fired, and now it's the it's the next coach. Why can't Oklahoma City, you know, uh, run a more dynamic offense with these players? Oh, oh, it's because Billy Donovan's the coach. Look, they need a coach they respect. Look, I, I hate to do this because you know he's my guy, but like. We, at this point, we gotta say some of this has to do with Russell Westbrook. Do we not? Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah. You, you know I love Russell Westbrook, but like you say, we say you gotta bring in a coach that that they respect. But uh, the, that he the, respects. The obvious counter to that is, is who does Russell Westbrook respect? Yeah, That's the know. thing. I love like yeah, I love Russell Westbrook. I love his intensity. I love his personality. But like, is he coachable? 
do we do we know that he's doesn't seem that way, does it? No, have we ever seen? Look, and I know Russell Westbrook's been like on the Olympic team and stuff. He has, right? Like maybe he hasn't, and I'm tripping, but I'm sure he has. And like I, but but you know, every time you look, you know how the Olympics come around, and it's always and you always hear stories about like Olympic Carmelo. And how he's like a totally different guy. Absolutely, and, yes. Yep. And it's like, oh, Olympic. Oh, if only Olympic Car- Carmelo could be like Nick's Carmelo. We heard for years. I've never heard a story about Olympic Russell Westbrook. Have you? Oh no. You no, nope, I, mean? I have not. I, I think Russell Westbrook is still pretty much Russell Westbrook on the Olympic. No team. matter where he is. Like we <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't ever hear about like this guy is Russell Westbrook's best friend on the team. You know, and like. I know he does his, like, handshaking sometimes, but, like, he doesn't have his, like, you, you see what I'm saying? He doesn't have his, like, super close relationships, and he doesn't have to. But but the, the point that I'm making with this is that, like, it all leads me to, to the, the place that, like, he's got to be difficult to play with. Not that he's not good. Not that it's even his fault. Your personality is what it is. But it's, like, that that has to factor in. And granted, yes, I, I look, I knew... It wasn't going to be a perfect fit when they got Car- both Carmelo and Paul George, because what's really happening is like when Paul George is on the floor and Carmelo isn't, uh, you know, the, the the Thunder is one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. But when Paul George leaves the floor and Carmelo plays with Russell Westbrook, they're like the worst defensive team in the NBA. Well, Carmelo is not. I mean, actually, neither one of those guys is a. Uh, hands on the floor, grind it out defensive player. They can be defensive players if they really put their mind to it, but throughout the course of games, those guys are all about offense. So, yeah, this is, this is what I'm saying. But overall, overall, their defensive numbers look good because, again, with George out there and with Roberson out there, they look good in those situations. But you take George off and you put Carmelo in, and all of a sudden they're terrible. And in those moments, they become terrible. And their team that like their overall numbers, you know, in terms of point differential look good, but consistently they're playing terrible in clutch situations. And a lot of that is being put on Westbrook. And, you know, certainly he has something to do with it. Although he was so good last year in the clutch, the, the randomness of that, you know, factors in a little bit, but, but beyond that, I think it just has to do with not knowing who's turning this. Look, Russell Westbrook has to fight his instincts constantly with this team because he has Paul George and Carmelo has to fight his instincts all the time too. I look at the stat line, he's got like three straight games of like single digit points and he's talking about how like yeah, he he has to like reconsider what he's doing all the time and he finds it weird, you know, not taking shots that he would normally take and like he's trying to sacrifice. But like all of this stuff is is forced. It's unnatural for them. So I, I, all I think it is is like not them not having yeah, they're very similar players. Roles. Yeah, I, I don't think that they that any of them have you know clearly defined roles. I think I still think it'll work out somewhat by the end of the by the end of the season. But on the other hand, it might not because like yeah, it could work out by the end of the season. But guess what? If the Thunder are a six seed, and then they have to play you know I don't know they have to play the Spurs in the first round. Then it's like they're going to lose in the first round again, right? Yep. Like, yeah, that's, that's absolutely. Good, that's I would, uh, yeah, definitely the Spurs in that in that matchup. It wouldn't even be close, I don't think. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Because the Spurs can execute. 
Right, and they've yeah. been there before, so, and the Thunder would end up getting up into this bog down situation where they don't know who's going to take the last shot, and and they would just sort of uh, get uh, all flustered, and it would be the Russell Westbrook show some nights, and some nights, who know, who knows? I mean, they're all they all seem to be frustrated. So I think this could be the, the biggest turnaround for a uh, superstar laden team in the history of the NBA. We'll have to see what happens to, uh, at the trade deadline. They might blow this thing up if they're still below 500. That doesn't look. That's not a good look. I, I mean, I'm rushing to judgment at no, this point, and they have plenty of time to to turn it around before the trade deadline. But that's something to, to look out for if they don't. I think they'll be in the playoff hunt by then. I just don't. I don't know that they'll be able to, you know, push it up high enough for them to end up getting the four seed. Even though I guess they could, because because the four seed is the Nuggets right now. That doesn't really exactly strike fear into my heart. Yeah. You know, like the, the West might not be as deep as people think, but it may yeah, not. I, I mean, the East is definitely better in the middle than than, than it has been in a long time. Uh, but the West, on the other on the other hand, uh, seems to have taken a slight step back as far as the middle towards bottom of their playoff bracket is concerned. So we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens. So um, with, with all that said, I still look forward to uh, Paul George being on the Lakers next year. All right, fair enough. If that's if that's what you think is going to happen, that's fine. Um, all right. So how about we do this? Let's let's quickly talk about Nerlens Noel because he's uh, not playing against the Boston Celtics tonight. And actually, they are saying that uh, what did they say? He had he had like a sprained thumb or something. He's going to be out indefinitely a few weeks or something like that. Uh, and then let's take a call after that because uh, unless you want to take the call first. Oh, we can take the call first. We don't like to make our callers wait a long time. Fair enough. He was going to call us last night, so maybe we are going to get into this, uh, this 2018 Lakers pick discussion. Sam from San Diego has called us 323-642-1484. What's going on, Sam? Hey, guys. I uh, needed to get a couple questions off my chest uh, <clears throat> during halftime in the selfie screen. Um, so... Uh, that 2018 pick, um, Lakers currently sixth to last. Uh, they have a tough schedule coming up in December. Uh, fortunately for them, there's a lot of injuries, a lot of major injuries to, to players like Steph Curry, um, uh, Hardaway Jr. Uh, that are going to kind of impact their games coming up. So I wanted to see what you guys thought about their chances of, <clears throat> um, you know, landing in the top six or so, top five as far as worst teams this season. It seems like they have a very energetic team. Um, they, they're they trying, they're, they're playing hard. Um, I, I kind of get the feeling that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of liking the fact that the trade deadline is early this year and with December having been such a brutal month that maybe they'll end up uh, really running into some problems and then maybe trading away a Randall or someone like that that's helping them out right now. Yeah, I think they could trade Randall, but I don't think that I don't think that the, like I don't think Randall is going to have a dramatic impact on uh, where the Lakers end up. Here, so so here's the thing. Uh, I don't think that they're going to end up in the bottom five. I don't know. Really, really thought so at the beginning of the year. I know they've lost five in a row, but I I still I still think one. They are an energetic team. They play better defense than I thought. They've lost they've lost some like games lately, especially uh, in which they've had you know leads late 
They just their team. They're like one of those young teams that doesn't know how to finish. They're not going to end up with a ton of wins this year. But I I just look down the list and I think about teams uh, like the Magic, for example, who are who are in a free fall right now. I don't think the Magic, you know, the Magic got off to that good start that was like always fraudulent. Um, I look at you know things like point differential. Like the the Suns are are not as good as they are uh, right now. They're actually not sixth, right? They are. There's, wait, one, two, three, four. Well, the Suns have lost Booker for a while too. The, the Lakers, the Lakers are seven. Yeah, but the, the Suns' point differential is like significantly worse. The Suns get blown out all the time, so I, I, I end up feeling like, just by have wait, like, have the Suns been getting get. blown out a lot since the first couple of games in the season? Because I mean, their point differential for the first three or four games was really bad, and so that might skew it a little bit. It's still, it, it's still been. They kept they it still close. Get blown, like, Look, they've they've been playing better. They lost by five late, to the Celtics. Yeah, they've been playing better uh, of late, but they still get blown out on a regular basis. I expect the Grizzlies will probably trade Gasol and, and just go for the full rebuild tank. Yeah. Which the the Lakers aren't going to do. The Clippers have lost Blake Griffin for two months. They, I expect the Clippers to probably be worse at this point than the Lakers. I just don't. I don't see how they're bottom five. That, now, I'm not saying the Lakers are going to be good, but uh, I, just, I just think it's a leg. So, I mean, the prospects that are, that, that are in this top five, the big men that are there, I mean, it's pretty salivating as a Celtics fan to, to, to think about the possibility of getting one of those guys because, I mean, really, what exactly do you think that they need? I mean, to me, the only thing they do need is an athletic big man, and obviously any team can add more shooting. But when you look at their team, it, it would seem like an athletic big man is the only thing that they have missing. I mean, uh, I guess I'll t- I'll, yeah, I'll take that one. I, but but I don't really know much about uh, the, the players that are coming out. Uh, and honestly, I just – I as far as big men are concerned – I would find it hard to believe if somebody's going to make an impact immediately in the NBA. Uh, usually, uh, these kids, and even you can even see it with with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum getting all these, these minutes. They're they're not necessarily built for the NBA. They, I mean, Jalen Brown has gotten a lot stronger. Jason Tatum will get a lot stronger. But I feel like if you need to be a center, a true big man in the NBA, you need time to bulk up and it's more than just the summer after your freshman year in college. So this is with me without me actually seeing any of these players that, that you're talking about, Sam, uh, and, and really knowing much about them. But the, the overall consensus, as far as I can see, is that you need to be, you need a couple of years as a, as a true big man type of player to be able to, get the strength to perform well. And I think Joel Embiid is, is a perfect example of that. Even though he's had some injuries, it has taken him. I mean, he's, he's still growing during the, that period and is strengthening himself. And um, I think that, that uh, these young superstar bigs do need some time to, to, to grow before they make an impact. So if you're looking at an, an immediate impact for next year with Gordon Hayward back and uh, – the, the rest of the guys, Irving and Horford, et cetera, all being on this team, I, I feel like you, you need to go in a different direction, much like Ainge did with Tatum uh, this year. If you're more thinking about something down the line, three, four years from now, when those guys I just mentioned are not on the team anymore, 
then by all means go after the, the big man and, and sort of stash him and let him get that experience. But I, I, unless I, unless there's something about one of these guys that you can tell me that I am just totally lost on, that, that's kind of the, the way I look at it. Some of these guys like Bagley and, and, uh, and, and Dundra Aiden, they look pretty spectacular out there. Um, and if, if they come in and do nothing but stand next to or, or come off the bench and maybe play next to Horford and, and block shots and, 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 and catch lobs for dunks um, and defend the rim, I, I think, you know, you're still talking about a, a lottery pick talent that, you know, especially when you play them with, 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 a, with a top team um, that knows how to play, I think, I, think that's, I, think they, I think they can come in and give you, you know, as good a minutes as, uh, as at least what, uh, what Tyson and, and Baines do. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, and you're starting to build that, you're starting to complete that core for the future with, with, with an athletic big man, right? Cause Horford's the one guy that's, um, that's older compared to the core. But, um, last thing is, yeah, Buscelli. Um, I'm kind of surprised that I was expecting more out of him. He, he doesn't look all that good on the court. Um, and he's on the third string and obviously not getting many minutes and we don't get to see practice. So. Are you yep. surprised at all that he's not more coming out of the gates? I, I guess I just expected more, having played a year no. out there. He played, he played so well, and he's a, you know, mid-round pick. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm, I did not really expect much from him. Um, much like I didn't really expect much from Daniel Tice. I didn't think either one of those guys was going to contribute. Obviously, Tice has contributed quite a bit com- compared to expectations early on in the season. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I'm not surprised from Yabuselli just because the NBA is a different game than than uh, the Euro leagues and the D, the D or G league even. Um, and you've seen time and time again guys go up to the G league and they dominate. Uh, they play for the main red claws and they, they, they crush the competition for a couple weeks. And then they come to the NBA and they can't crack the rotation. Um, uh, Yabuselli might be one of those guys. And until uh, they have an injury to a Jason Tatum or who knows, maybe, I, I don't know. I haven't watched the game tonight, Sam. Maybe you'll see Yabuselli towards the end of the game tonight since Brown is out tonight and today. Marcus Morris. He's excuse me. He's playing today. Okay, so yeah, so, so, uh... so that's the only time you're going to really see him in the games because he just he's not as polished as these other guys are, and um, I think there's something to be said about playing the college game like Jason Tatum did for a year, and just being in, sort of in uh, the American system, if you will, um, and and seeing sort of what the NBA is like as opposed to playing uh, in a European league or something like that. It's a little bit different, but it's, it's not, it's, it's not only that because there are other guys on this team where Yabuselli was expected to fit in that have already established themselves in this league. People thought he was going to be the hey. power forward, or the stretch forward type of player. Uh, so the only guy that I'm surprised to be beating him out is Daniel Tice. Uh, and otherwise, I wasn't expecting him to get that many minutes anyway. Tice is really polished, though. But I think we were all hoping that either Zizek or, or Yabusele was going to be a player right off the bat. But, um, hey, I, I have to run, but I would love to hear um, what Calvin has to say about what the Celtics' uh, uh, needs are going forward and what they would likely use at that top five pick. Thanks a lot, guys. Go Celtics.
Yeah, I, I tend to go along with uh, what Sam says in, in terms of like, I, I, I think that uh, they, especially with the, with the, the big men that are coming out, they would be inclined to to take you know either a center or a power forward, like you said, because Horford is is older, and you know the way Brad Stevens runs his rotations anyway, I don't think that uh, you, you know you have to necessarily look at it like, oh well, you know we have Horford, so we're not going to draft like an, another guy at the four. Well, first of all, like Horford is you know a hybrid four or five, so he could switch off with whoever. But but also like he, he is older and he and like they have minutes for like you want to start cutting Orford's minutes like as we go anyway he's he's a guy who's been injured a lot in his career like I I think that they would be inclined to go in that direction especially and they'll, they'll take the best player available you know no matter what or at least like around that or or trade out of position I guess the Ainge could do that but I I think that if he did take that pick he'd be most likely to take you know, one of the bigs be it Baba. You know, whoever's yep. available. But I, but again, I don't think they'll have that pick, so it doesn't really matter. Well, I said it at the beginning of the season, and I will continue to say it. I think they will have that pick. I think that the the Lakers are going to fall to that bottom five, um, and we'll have to wait and see. You did just rail off a, a bunch of teams that are probably, uh, or, or they're definitely not better than the Lakers right now, um, but they are probably not going to be better than the Lakers at the season as well. Uh, so whether it be Phoenix or Sacramento um, or Dallas, who the Celtics are playing tonight, and then don't forget about the, the teams in the Eastern Conference who, are, who have been tanking as well, Chicago, Atlanta, Brooklyn. Uh, that's, that's six teams right there that uh, have a better shot at the Lakers. And then we didn't even mention, or you mentioned Memphis, but I didn't mention Memphis, who could very well trade off Mark Gasol and uh, – do the tankathon as well. So uh, it's no guarantee, but I think at some point the Lakers are just going to hit a hit a wall here because they've they've got too many young players, and it, it, it's not going to look good for them when it comes to February, uh, March, and maybe they'll pick it up again towards the end of April. But I think there are teams, even Phoenix, is a little bit better suited to to uh, end the season well if they're still playing a guy like if they still have a guy like Greg Monroe or Tyson Chandler I mean Phoenix might just tank a thon as well but we'll have to wait and see on that I just I think the Lakers are going to hit a wall so I'm going to stick to it I'm not backing off that for for a while now where do we go from here we'll revisit that later um yeah what is next I don't even know uh Nerland's Noel not playing against the Celtics tonight had a hot dog at halftime of the game. Uh, I, I'm not sure who they were playing the other night. Maybe that was last week. Um, now they're saying that he's got uh, some sort of hand injury, and he's going to miss time. He's going to miss uh, time. Thumb surgery. He had he had thumb surgery with a torn he had a torn lig- ligament in, in his thumb, reaching for that hot dog, uh, and he will be out four to six weeks. Yeah, and this this four to six weeks is really interesting because now, like we you just talked about the accelerated trade deadline or Sam did. Now this four to six week timeline is like pushing up against this new accelerated trade deadline. You know, so we'll see. Right, so they're gonna have to pull the trigger on an injured guy or uh, he keep him past that deadline. Yeah, it's hard to trade an injured guy. It rarely happens. Yeah. So. Yep. 
Well, I mean, Isaiah likely. just got traded, so. Yeah, I said hard. I didn't say impossible. No, I know. It rarely happens. Maybe that's the, maybe that'll be a trend now. I mean, Zach Levine got traded on an, on an ACL. That's talking about a talking about a trade that even went down. In any case, uh, the, here's the thing. So New Orleans well the other day. I forgot who Dallas was playing. It doesn't matter because it's not about that. At halftime, uh, New Orleans went into the press room. Right in front of the press room. He, he could have sent somebody in there, but he he just went in there himself and got a hot dog and ate the hot dog. Uh, he was asked about it, you know, and he said he was just really hungry, and, and he needed a hot dog. And after the game, he had, he had to apologize. He came out and said he knew better. He did this, you know, sort of routine with Rick Carlisle standing next to him, where Carlisle's like, I'm going to get him a sponsor with Rick's hot dogs, some, like, local <laughs> Dallas hot dog chain. And then he, like, he asked him what he liked on his hot dog, and, you know, this was, like, relish only. It just became this whole routine that they were working about hot dogs. Well, you know, because they they wanted the uh, they wanted everybody to know that they're they're okay, that there's no ill will between the coach and the player, right? Yeah, that's that's what that's what's funny though. Is there is ill will? You know what I mean? There's totally ill will. And by the way, there sh- there should be ill will. Like if I'm if I'm Thurman Noel, look. The Mavericks offered Northern Noel a four-year, $70 million contract in the offseason. He declined, decided to take uh, the qualifying offer, where it's just like $4 million or something, and play out this year like so many others have, or, you know, not too many others, but a few others in the past have done in order to become a free agent next season, which um, all that's fine and good. But the Mavericks have responded in kind by just not playing Northern Noel at all. So... Noel is sort of getting screwed by the fact that they have control over over his minutes. They say that this other Turkish uh, center guy, I forget his name, is has been playing better than Nerlens Noel, and, and and it's all a meritocracy, and he just hasn't been getting the minutes. But I feel like if he had gotten that seventy million dollar contract, it's hard for me to think that like they would immediately like uh, tank their own assets value, right? I think right. they they know he's not coming back after this year, and they've and they've decided to take his own value, in my opinion. And I I, I don't know. I, it just feels like spite to me what what the Mavericks are doing in their little well right now. Am I crazy? I mean, it's it sounds like they're just what, trying to just get rid of him in the easiest way possible, and they didn't even want him in the first place because of the deal that they signed. Um, they. I think that they played a, a weird game with with this in, in the off season. They, I believe, were expecting someone else to swoop in and and give Nerlens Noel a, a monster contract, and they could just say, "Okay, fine, we're not going to match." When nobody did that, they were kind of up against it, and they tried to. Uh, keep him as an asset as opposed to a basketball player that was going to help their team. And they tried to keep him as a a value type of contract that they could either trade or uh, get a good playing time out of. And that now there's this back and forth between the organization and the player uh, where he probably is slacking off in, in uh, practice. So the coach doesn't think that he's, 
he should have have playing time. And now, who knows what the what the front office is saying because they they want to still protect their asset type of thing. Maybe I'm just thinking too much like Danny Ainge as far as assets and and uh, assets are concerned as far as players and draft picks, whatever. But it, it's it sounds like the Mavericks tried to play a dangerous game uh, with Noel, and it's not working out for them. And well, I, you know what, Calvin, I I don't I don't yeah. think that that this is going to be a bad situation for Nerlens Noel. I feel like he's going to play out this year. He's going to get paid. And honestly, he probably can still come back with another team next year and have an impact uh, because he's going to be, I think he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He can sign wherever he wants. And that's when he, he's going to be able to make his money contract after he proves himself somewhere else. So this is not the end of the line for Nerlens Noel, in my opinion. I just think the Mavericks screwed up. Oh, I don't think it's – look, the, the Mavericks screwed up in the sense that, one, like Dirk can basically only play center at this point because he's too slow to, to keep up with anything else. And Nerlens Noel, is, uh, he, he can't shoot enough to play anything but center. Uh, he is a center. So, like, you can't really play them together, even though, like, that's the ideal situation. And so, like, he's he, – and they still sort of have to legacy give Dirk these minutes. So that's sort of what's screwing them over with that. But even even with that said, like they still it still seems like like Rick Carlisle just doesn't like him uh, for whatever reason. Like some people think that like he doesn't work hard, and Rick Carlisle is like a guy who's all about that, you know, showing how hard you're going to work all the time. So yeah, well that's know, what I'm saying. Be, but I think that stems from the organization stiffing him in the first place. Maybe. I mean, Look, all of that doesn't even matter. I, I somewhat agree. Look, I agree that he'll be fine in terms of, like, he's going to get another chance somewhere else. And I like Nerlens Noel. I think he's going to be a good basketball player. Uh, but but you know what? He did get screwed. Look, he's not getting anywhere near a $70 million contract offer oh, after no. this season. No, 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 of, no. The money is, yeah. is way down yeah. at this point. Because of what the Mavericks have done to him. And so he's right. going to go into next year – He's not going to want to take another one-year deal and then try to have to prove himself on another team because if he fails, then he's out of the league. So he's going to end up taking, you know, he's going to end up taking like, like three years, thirty million, or some supremely low, low number. Maybe not even three years, thirty million. Some team is going to get Nerlens Noel on such a ridiculous value contract, all be, all because like the Mavericks don't seem to really like him, and then I, I don't know. That kind of sucks for him. The fact that he ate the hot dog, it's like. Yeah, he was doing it intentionally to get attention, and I get why. Like, he'd apologize for that, but like, he wasn't—he he knew he was not going to be in the game, and so like, eat, eat your hot dog, man. And by the way, even if he was going to go in, in, in the game, a player wants to eat a hot dog. It's not going to—it's sure. not going to like—it's not going to keep him. They're—they're they're freaking NBA players, man. You can eat a hot dog and still go on the court twenty minutes later. Not a big right, deal. It's, it's not—it's not like he's going in the back and. And ripping butts and and uh, drinking beers or taking shots or something like that, you know, it's like it, it's it's, yeah, it's a hot dog. dog. It's food. It's food. Well, I mean, what if he went back and had and had uh, like a little salad? Would people be upset with him then? Yeah, something about something about the hot dog implies disrespect. Well, give, give me a break of that. Yeah. Right, what's next? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? We're, uh, we're, we're sticking on the uh, the NBA unless you want to just do a full 30 minutes on the NFL. Well, we had other topics. I don't even think it's just NFL. 
We had something well, else. We've got right? the Derek Rose thing, but then you also want to get to uh, a little bit of uh, uh, oh, yeah, Olympic Russia. talk with the, with the Russians. And uh, gambling was potentially legalized or will potentially oh, yeah. be legalized for, for sports in, in America here. Um, what Can else? What, what do you want? Round Robin, yeah. what do you say? Round Robin? Okay, I, I, don't know. I just forgot what was next in the order. I'm pulling it up right now. Derek Rose. Uh, what is it? Derek Rose. Derek Rose? We don't need to talk Derek Rose. We'll All right, then we, then we move on to my favorite topic of the night. That's, that's right. Your New York football giants, Calvin. Your laughing oh, stock New York football giants, baby. How do we feel about Eli Manning's streak being snapped? Geno Smith grabbing a start right in the middle of the streak. Bob McAdoo fired the next day, basically. Uh, the next week, I guess. and Before the next game, I should say. Let's just put it that sure. way. Uh, you had it right originally. And, the next day. The next day. Great. Yeah, no, Love had, it. You had it and, and now Eli now Eli is going to start again uh, in a few days on Sunday. This is the yeah. biggest yeah. crap show I've ever seen in the NFL. And there has been a lot of stupid things that happen in the NFL. But this organization right now, Calvin, they look really, really bad. Oh, it, it's that's that's funny. Look, it's hilarious to me because uh, first of all, it was not just McAdoo who got fired. The, the GM Jerry Reese, who like I've been wanting the Giants to get rid of for seven years, has gotten fired as well. Uh, got, they both got fired. <laughs> funny. I've got a, I've got another friend who's a Giants fan, and uh, I, I mean, if you want to call him a friend, and he has been saying for five years that that Jerry Reese just hasn't shown up to work, and people haven't noticed. Yeah, it's Jerry Reese is like the Odell Beckham draft like saved his job for another three years, but that didn't save it for long enough to get through this season. Here's here's why I love this story so much. So a couple of weeks ago, like you know when the Giants were two and six or whatever, uh, somebody asked uh, John Mara about you know Ben McAdoo's coaching situation, and he came out and said, you know, look, we as an organization. Uh, like to evaluate like on a yearly basis. We don't fire coaches in the middle of the season. So his job is safe until the end of the season. And then Ben McAdoo was given the ability to, you know, quote, we need to, then he came out and said, look, look, we need to uh, evaluate this quarterback situation. So Eli's not going to start this week. We gave him the option. And then Eli Manning cried in front of the locker room. And it, it caused this, like, almost, geez, really fascinating reaction to me from like from the public from the media of like people just feeling bad for Eli and like yeah they did it was thinking it was some sort of tragedy I, I really think that Eli has like gotten a, a lot of mileage out of this like just by being a nice guy because anyone else who just like loses their starting position or like has and I granted you know the streak might have factored in somewhat but I, I feel I, I feel like like people just have sympathy for Eli for whatever whatever we look like, look you know what was going to happen uh they were already organizing like uh, a bunch of old Giants players we're going to, like, show up for this next game this weekend at Giant Stadium in, like, number 10 Manning jerseys in support of Eli, as, as if he's, like, the victim of apartheid or something. Like, don't we, like I don't understand this. Like, why, I, like, why would you show up in support of a guy who, like, 
and granted, he wasn't terrible this year, but he also, he wasn't amazing. He got pitched, and there is some logic to like, yeah, we're two and nine. Why are you like? Why are we still starting this guy? When you're two and nine, it doesn't even matter how good you are. When you're two and nine, people hold the quarterback like accountable, right? But somehow Eli mm-hmm. was like skating, and you know why? Because people hate Ben McAdoo that much more. That's really right. what it is. Nobody, everyone wants this guy to be fired. Everyone thinks he's an idiot, and all his decisions are terrible. So when he, so his decision about Eli, not even that dumb. But but Eli coming okay. out and then crying in front of the locker room has. So, like the power of that was so great that I don't it, know. It, it caused the Mars to go back on their own word and just fire That's what you think it was? I was going to say, how do you feel about them backing their coach and then and then just turning around and saying, ah, you know what? Forget it. You're gone because of the public pressure and things like that. How do you feel about that? Because they're supposed to be the classiest organization and, and they, they present themselves as uh, – People that are they're always making the right decisions as, as far as what's going on within their organization, and I just th- this is a clear situation where they were wrong and they're admitting it, and they don't admit that very often. Yeah, but but again, they look they they're not admitting they're wrong in their policy not to fire coaches midseason. That's not what you, you you know what I mean, like. They gave him the free hand to do it, and then and then the public and they, and they didn't fire him. Look, if they really thought but, him, him deciding to bench Eli was such a travesty, they would have fired him before that game. Instead, but they're but they're was, admitting that was, their policy like, in the first place is wrong because they fired him in the middle of the season anyway. No, but they're not admitting their policy is wrong. They're they're admitting that the the public relations. From, from allowing this to happen is so bad that they have no choice but to break their policy. You think the Giants are now going to be a team that just fires coach? If, if, because if it, if it was what you said, then they would have just fired McAdoo. But they also fired Jerry Reese because he also allowed McAdoo to do it. And it's, that's why Jerry Reese got fired in the middle of the season. But because the public relations out of this were so bad, and it's all because Eli cried in front of the locker room. I feel like even if Eli doesn't do that, like if he just takes it a little bit better, you know what I mean? If he's like, you know what, like what he's saying makes sense. It, or if he's like, you know what, I will start this game, and then allow Geno Smith to come in later on instead of being instead of being like too prideful for that. If Eli had chosen to do any of those things, McAdoo would have his job till the end of the season, and Jerry Reason would have his job till who knows when. But it was it, it's the only because of the public outcry that caused the situation in the first place. And to me, that's hilarious. Just yeah, I, I don't know if that's hilarious. That's what I'm saying. That, I mean, they're kind of hypocritical. <laughs> no, no, if, if, they're so, if they're so dead set on backing their coach and saying that they are, are going to be an organization that, that uh, lets their coach ride out the season and make decisions, you can't let public perception and public outcry change your policies. That's it, it. Either is what it is, or it's not a policy, and you are, are changing. You're just going to change the way that you you do things, which is fine. You can judge different situations differently if that's what you so what you pl- want to do, and make different decisions based on the information in front of you. That's perfectly fine. Your opinion is allowed to change, but I just I. Don't don't tell me that it's going to continue to be the Giants' policy to do this, and then in, in a, a year or two, if they do it again, say, oh well, it, there's another situation. That's this is just outside of the norm uh, yet again. No, 
they broke the policy. It's not a policy anymore. That's all there is to it. it it's, maybe they'll practice it going forward, but they've proven right now that it's, it's not the way that, that they are going to go about their business. I mean, to, to be fair to them in regards to this being a policy, I know I can't remember them ever doing this before. And certainly, like, certainly the Giants are, like, an organization that can be accused of, like, allowing a guy to have a job for much larger, larger, much longer than I'd like. You know, be it Coughlin, uh, be it, oh, why, why is his name, uh, be it Reeves? Yeah, Dirk. I can't even think of who I'm thinking. Hall of Famer, of Dan Reeves? Head. Yeah, be it Reeves, be it... Uh, yeah, my brain just went blank. Dan but Reeves. in any case... Uh, in any case, the Giants do... The Giants have a long history of letting their coaches coach too long there. Um, and they'll probably continue that. In any case, yeah, but it, I just feel... You're right, it is embarrassing... But it's just fascinating to me, the power of Eli Manning. I would not have guessed that Eli would have the ability to, to make this happen. And, and, and you know, here's the, here's the other reason why you know it was Eli and not, uh, and not like, oh, you know what, we just decided, like, uh, to get rid of you because it, it was a coincidental thing and we're following into public pressure. Because along, it was like instantaneously the announcement that Eli was being uh, put back in as a starter like that was a storyline as the, at the exact same time that the, the McAdoo was fired storyline came out. They were like hand in hand. Oh, he's fired and Eli's put back in. Look, everybody, you could be happy now. Even though it's dumb because the whole reason why like people were upset was that he was losing the streak. And now that the streak is broken, you might as well just start Geno Smith again. Or really, you should just start Davis no, Webb. No, it's the young kid. Forget about Geno Smith. Yeah, now that the streak is broken, if you're going to Geno Smith, then you might as well go to Eli is the way I look at it. Keep Eli in there for the nostalgia if you're you're going to put Geno Smith out on the on the or the field. Um it, you you got to go to the to the rookie if you're not going to go to Eli Manning in this in, in this spot. And you have to agree with that. Yeah. No, I do. I do. Go yeah, go to him. All right, what's next? Davis Webb. That's his name, right? Davis Webb indeed. Good for him. Um yep. By the way, just a couple of other the, – the, uh, one, one of the main coaches that we were talking about – or we were ta- earlier we were talking about coaches that made the jump from uh, college to the NBA. One of the guys that I really wanted to throw the, throw the name out there uh, was John Calipari. Uh-huh. Couldn't make it. Couldn't him? hack it. Couldn't Terrible hack coach in the, in the NBA, NBA after, after being a successful coach in college and then having to go back to college. And he was the one that – I don't know why he was slipping my mind, but he was – Horrible with the Nets in the NBA, um, and and then went back to college. So that's just another example of, of guys like Billy Donovan, who I think are just not very good coaches after being uh, in college and then making that jump. Sorry, I was just thinking about forty minutes ago. Um, you really went. You really like, is, huh? You really stretched that for that one, huh? Yeah. All right. What can I say? Uh, we stayed to the NFL with the NFL here because there was a uh, dirty play by one of our own up here, Rob Gronkowski, uh, fed up with, with being held and pushed and uh, manhandled throughout games, throughout the season and not getting flags, uh, saw an interception happen after he was being held 
and decided to take it out on the defenseless player who made the interception uh, and decided to go full WWE and give him an elbow drop to the back of the head. Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots has been suspended for a game. Calvin, uh, if you couldn't tell by my little lead up there, he deserves it. What a dope. What a dumb, stupid thing to do. And absolutely out of character for Rob Gronkowski. This is not really a thing that he engages in for the most part. He can he can keep his emotions in check, it seems, on, on the field. Uh, but he did not this time, and he deserves that one-game suspension. I would have been fine if it had been even more than that, I think. Uh, because of the inconsistency of the NFL, I wouldn't have been surprised by it. But uh, ultimately, that's that's how I feel about it. So I, I don't know if you were trying to get if you were going to try and get a, a rise out of me any other way. But this was just a stupid, stupid hit. Uh, and then the very next night, we saw a couple other uh, bad situations in that Bengals Steelers game where <laughs> there's a lot of heavy hitting going on. And the players are starting to, uh, to, to sort of fight back in the media. I don't know if you heard any of the, the clips earlier today. Uh, oh, what, what is his name? I want to say Ryan Clark. Uh, if that name is wrong, then forgive me. But basically, some of the some of these players are trying to come out and say that the, the hits are part of the game. And, I mean, dirty hits are dirty hits, and you want to get rid of those. But these strong hard-headed hits. They want to keep them in the game. And you know what? That's what football is. That's what people are, are there watching for. So I don't know where you feel like taking this one, but um, that's my take. Gronk is dumb and clean hits need to stay. Rudy, are you, are you insulated from the, the outrage there in Boston that, that has sort of been coming from a lot of different uh, angles of, popular media and just people in general about Rob Gronkowski's one-game suspension and how, you know, if he not were, enough. if you were, say, yeah, not enough, and if you were, say, a minority, uh, mm-hmm. that suspension would Smith definitely was running be high. With this one, yep. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say I'm insulated by it. I, I'm kind of ignoring it because I think it's, it, I don't think it's valid, but I think that the NFL is inconsistent with their suspensions in general. So certainly here's the thing. I mean, his hit was worse than Juju Smith's thing because Juju Smith, I'm not, Juju Smith is like, that's almost a legal block. You know what I mean? Like that's a, yeah, he went too far with it. And maybe I'm being biased because it was something that was done to Vontez Perfect, who is essentially the dirtiest player in the NBA, in the NFL. But yeah, and it was a hard block. That that hit would have been legal, like you know, as recently as a couple of years ago. That's like that. That is obviously you know deserves to have that penalty called on it. But like, that's not something that I should think that should end up in a suspension. What should end up in a suspension is like, you know, what what's AJ Green grabbing uh, Ramsey and Jalen Ramsey and like getting him into a chokehold and then getting up and punching his helmet and, and getting him into a chokehold again. That should have been a suspension, but somehow that wasn't. I don't, their inconsistency when it comes to suspension is, is mind boggling to me. As far as Gronk goes, no, I don't, I don't think that he is skating somewhat because he is white. 
But I part of me does sort of feel like he is skating somewhat because he is Gronk. I think that there is like well. So in, like, hold oh, on. In, in what way do you mean that? Because if you mean that beca- in a way that the NFL looks at him and says, well, we officiate you differently because you're Gronk, we're going to let you slide a little bit, then uh, that's, that's on them. And I, under, I sort of see where they're coming from, but it's bad logic. If you're th- saying something I, else, and I, I guess I don't know where you're, where you're going with it. So I don't, continue. I don't, I, don't mean it, I don't mean it so much in the, like, well, Rob Gronkowski is really important to the NFL, and we can't suspend him for more than one game way. But what I do think is like, yeah, I, I do think of it more like uh, the, the NFL version of Manny being Manny. You know what I mean? I, I think that there's like Rob Gronkowski gets uh, a certain amount of he gets a certain amount of leeway because of his persona, and because okay. like because he's this doofus. This dumb doofus who's like oh, right, I'm but, okay, but the, so all right. So hold on, he gets he would get leeway in that case in in uh, like celebrations and uh, saying things in, through the media and stuff like that. I don't think that they would allow him leeway when it comes to uh, violent hits to another player that were um, basically a cheap shot. Well, you would you would think not, but but then when you think about like other situations where guys in this in that particular kind of cheap shot, like they've gotten more than one game, and I'll grant you again that I just finished saying that the the NFL is extremely, especially this year, more than any year I can remember, has been really inconsistent with their rules regarding these things and like why. Like why, for example, Michael Crabtree and Akeem Talib got the exact same suspension when Talib like ripped off Michael Crabtree's chain for the second time and then and then punched him, you know what I mean? And then took the first punch and then it's like somehow they both get a game instead of like at least Crabtree getting a game and Talib getting two or something along those lines. It's like I don't know. And again with AJ Green like punching uh punching Jalen Ramsey, choking him twice flipping them over and like either one of them gets suspended I don't know I, I don't understand what they're doing with their suspensions in general so I will grant you maybe it's just one of those things where like somehow Gronk only getting a game or something that was like not a fight but like clearly a, a like cheap shot to the head that caused a concussion that guy's going to be out of game too at least so like, so that's way, another angle of it. That's another angle of it, and uh, the NHL does this as well. Uh, and I, I feel like the the, uh, or I feel like Major League Baseball does it to a, to a small extent, but you don't see injuries caused by people um, with stuff like that very often. But I think it happened with the Chase with the Chase Utley thing, uh, and you, you do see this in hockey where if there's a bad hit, then the NHL will look at the hit and look at intent, and they'll look at the uh, previous incidents, they'll look at your history, and they'll add it all together, and, and then they'll say, "Well, wait a second. Did this other guy get a concussion? Did he have a broken hand? Did, did, he, did he get injured? Is he going to miss time? Well, we're going to tack that on as well." So, other leagues do look into stuff like that, and they factor it into their suspensions. If the NFL did that, then it, it's probably them sort of following the leader I, I think because it happens so often everywhere everywhere else pretty much um, but that doesn't mean it's the right way to go about it I, I mean I've never thought that the result of the hit should warrant a, 
a, a higher suspension if somebody gets hurt or paralyzed or something like that. It should be straight I, up like the the what do you believe that there was intent to injure and the level of that intent and how badly the hit goes. It's not like he gave him the elbow drop and then continued to hit him on the ground or something like that and and extended the the violence. It was a one time thing and uh, not to not to excuse him because it's inexcusable. He shouldn't have done it. It was stupid. But it was a quick one-time reaction. He's, he, has, he hasn't done stuff like this before. So gauging all the other stuff that all those other leagues look into, if the NFL is trying to follow somebody else's example, then the one game sort of makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't necessarily – look, I don't necessarily think that they should uh, – factor all those things in either. In fact, I don't even think that they should factor in, you know, has he done this before? Unless he's like some, unless it's like somebody who is on the verge of getting kicked out of the league. Like, I don't think it matters. Like each thing. Like Ron Artest in basketball. I mean, he had a, a reputation. You had to factor his history in. See, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think anybody who goes into his pants and gets in a, gets in a fight with someone should probably get that, especially like the Malice and the Palace level fight, should probably have gotten a similar suspension to what Ron Artest got. But that's, that's off topic here. Yeah, I just I think Grok probably should have gotten a second game. I don't think it's because he's white. I, part, I, again, I do think it's, it's not entirely because it's of, of his persona, but I do think that factors into it. I, I do think it was it was a different type of malicious separate from like guys being too, too physical on the field in which like he was frustrated about being held. And I understand that, but like, he's got to find, he's got to find a way to handle that. I don't mean handle it like mentally. I mean like handle it in terms of like being retaliatory in, in the process of the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I mean, he he has done that. He's done that for many years and years. This was the first time that anything like that this has happened. So I'm not saying to give him a free pass and that he shouldn't have gotten suspended. He definitely should have been suspended. Uh, but I mean, to say the second game, that's where I sort of look at the history. And I know you just said you didn't want to. You you, should, you don't think that they should factor in history anyway. But um, he he's not a guy that does stuff like this. So that's why I'm, I, I feel like the one game is warranted. All right. Well, I guess we're on anyway. a lot of different sides when it comes to this. I would like them, you know, maybe in the offseason will figure out uh, just a way to have a more consistent policy when it comes to this. All right. Seven minutes left. Gambling, Giancarlo, or uh, Russian Olympics? Uh, do you have a favorite? I don't know. You threw the Russian Olympics in there last minute. I feel like that's the, the most, uh, the most right, timely yeah, topic. Let's go Russian Olympics then. Yeah. Right. So for those who don't know, and we've talked about it on this show before, uh, just Russia had just the, the most – I feel like the movie about this is coming soon, right? Uh, Russia had the most Probably. intricate like, scheme to full uh, Olympic doping testing in like just the history of sports. It was just organized all across the board. Uh, and so as a result, uh, Russia's been banned from the 2018 Olympics. 
uh, here's the thing, though. Russian athletes who, uh, you know, were not already found to be, like, the ones who were involved in the doping uh, are going to be allowed to compete in the Olympics. Right. But They're the clean Olympics, athletes. Yeah, yeah, the Russia's, the Russia's cleanest athletes uh, are going to be allowed to compete in the Olympics, but not under Russia's flag, under the Olympic flag. When <laughs> if they get medals, they'll hear the uh, the Olympic anthem instead of uh, Russia's anthem. And you know, when they're up on the the medal count, it will it will count uh, as just medals for quote the Olympics, and they'll be they'll be called you know Olympic athletes from Russia. I feel like it's great. And uh, I feel like they're going to have to, the hockey, they're going to have a hockey team out there of clean hockey athletes and they're going to have all white uniforms. They're going to blend in with the ice and they're not going to know what to do. No, I, I just, I, I think it's uh it's, it's very interesting because it's sort of a, a punishment to the overall uh, federation of Russia for their, their wrongdoings in the doping scandal, this widespread doping scandal. And the very few Russian athletes that they find have been clean throughout this whole process are, are going to be invited to the Olympics. So I like the fact that they're not discriminating against Russians in general, and they are allowing people to compete if they've been proven to be clean. But the uh, organization that was behind all the doping and the blatant cheating that went on, deserves to be banned and they, they do not deserve to hear their anthem played. If any of these, these uh, people win any medals and they do not deserve to see their flag on the, uh, on the, uh, the screen because of their rampant cheating. I love it. I think it's great. Right. Even though I, I have some empathy for the, you know, the Russian, the few Russian athletes who weren't involved in this, although I'm for, first of all, like, I'm skeptical about like these clean Russian athletes. Like, how do how do I know they're clean? You know what I mean? Like, how do I know who's clean and who? Oh, it's not clean? up to you. Like, especially it it was so uh it was so prevalent, prevalent. Sorry, uh, I don't know why I pronounce it like that. It was so prevalent, and like, <laughs> how do I know that like yeah these people who are coming out like these are Russia's clean athletes? But more importantly, even even beyond that. Like I just don't, I don't think it's enough of a punishment to dissuade Russia from just doing it again. This all, this entire thing just strikes me as like, you know, when the NCAA wants to punish a university and they like retroactively take away their titles. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like they'll be like, oh, you know, yep. I'm sorry, you didn't win. You have sure. a recruiting violation. Oh, oh, you didn't win the the you know 2013 uh, NCAA championship. Except everyone who goes to that school still knows they did. Nobody feels that bad about it. Nobody really cares. This is how. I, this is what I think is going to happen in this Olympics. It's like, you, do you think that Russia is like when you know when they're uh, talking about Russia's great accomplishments and they're they're discussing their, that they're like not going to talk about uh, these Olympics or like when a Russian athlete uh, wins an Olympic gold medal and he, and you know he won it for the Olympic flag and he goes home. If they're not going to treat him like a like a Russian Olympic war hero, like Russia's still going to count all of these things. And there's no, like sure. yeah, maybe officially by the Olympics they're not going to count, but who cares about that? Russia's what do you think Bob Costas is going to do? What do you think NBC is going to do when they put their graphic up and they don't have they don't have the Russian flag? Is it just going to be the Olympic rings? It's going to be a a, a white square? What, what do you think? 
uh, it'll probably just be the Olympic rings. But I just think I just think it's dumb because it, you, again, you're you're not really taking anything away from Russia. Russia's going to count all of these as Russian Olympics. Yeah, in, in some like uh, you know technical banner or, or like whatever the Guinness Book of World Records is for the Olympics. Yeah, it's going to matter to there. But do you think Russians? Do you think like Americans even know? Do you think? Do you have any idea how many Olympic gold medals the United States has? No, right? You might In know, history, like, no, no, certainly not off the top of no. my head. That's what yeah, for. You, might, you might know which Americans have gold medals, but do you think, like, if that happened to us and they took away our gold medals, right, and then, oh, they took away the United States' ability to compete, but they allowed all our athletes to go over there. And then the U.S. men's basketball team right now, they uh, went to Russia, or, or where, not Russia, but wherever the Olympics were, and then they won the gold medal, but they didn't win it for the U.S. They just won it. They just won it under the Olympic banner. Would you then, like, retroactively be like, oh, well, we didn't win the Olympics that year. We better readjust the dream team and see what happens. No, you just count it as, a, as another Olympic victory, even if it wasn't official. It would not affect how you felt about that team at all. You wouldn't be like, oh, well, they blew it because they were the Olympic team. So I just I don't see the point of it except to – you know, make some statement that doesn't actually do anything. And yes, you're right about like the athletes who, the few athletes who weren't involved probably don't deserve to get punished. But it's like, you, I, I kind of feel like you do have to punish them just, just because they are involved in this, the nation that had the biggest cheating scandal of all time. And I, I think that deserves to just have them out of the Olympics entirely. All right. Well. That's going to do it for us because we're up against it, and I want to see the end of this Celtics game. I don't even know what the score is right now. Ten seconds. Okay. Right. Uh, thank you for listening tonight. Calvin, good talking to you, buddy. Talk to you next time. All right. Sounds good. All right. Great show, sir. And closing music. There it is. Oh, yeah. Again, happy birthday yesterday. Johnny Red. Good night, everyone. There it is. Great.